G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An opportunity today to get a little update on the life of a young evangelist that arrived on our shores just a couple of years ago, having married his wife as a refugee from Sudan. They met in Kenya. And so we have a young couple arriving on our shores here in Australia, passionate about the Christian gospel. Anthony Kamau is leading a ministry called Hope Springs Ministry International. And Anthony is back with us. Anthony, welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much. Anthony, two years now in Australia. We chatted just over a year ago and talked about your aspirations as a young evangelist because back in your homeland in Kenya, uh, you were very involved in evangelism, big conferences, winning thousands of souls to Christ. And here you arrived on our Australian shores. Give us a little insight into what's happened in that couple of years. Uh, It has been amazing uh, looking at what God has done in the past two years. Of course, this is a different orientation, a different environment. But all in all, I thank God for the many opportunities that he has presented uh, unto my life and the life of my family to make a difference in this country. When you're standing on that platform in Kenya and you're speaking to all of those faces and you know the culture and you're bringing this message of the gospel and you're seeing a huge response from people coming to Christ, What's it been like in Australia? Because I know listeners will be thinking, sounds like it's a bit harder here than it would have been in Kenya. I would say that um, with the anointing of God and the grace of God, there is nothing that is too hard because the message is the same, that Jesus is able to save. The message being preached in Kenya, in Asia, Europe, America, and in our nation in Australia is still the same, the message of salvation. So regardless of the environment, I have seen the response. It may not be as huge as I saw um, in Kenya, but I would say that um, the person-to-person evangelism that I have had in this country has been so productive. You know, I may not have been involved in major conferences, but I would shock you to tell you that I have prophesied over that. Not once have I gone to one of the major cities in the park and I stood there and I prophesied and I said, one day people will sit here and they shall hear the message and they shall respond unto the Lord. Every time I see high school kids, every time I see crowds in the city, I always, you know, thunder. I always respond in such a a great aspiration that God, one day, it may not be the present right now, but I know as I get used to the systems, as I get so much used to the culture in this country, that one day I shall have these platforms. But right now, my major concentration has been being grounded, knowing the ways of this country, knowing the culture, and being faithful 
with the little that God has entrusted me with. Has it been a big learning curve for you arriving on Australian shores? Because what I'm hearing sounds very much like a missionary coming from Africa to Australia with a passion to win (laughs) souls and uh, getting that understanding of how our culture works. Been a big learning curve, no doubt. Um, I would say this this has been a moment where I have learned so many things. First of all, you know, the community is different. And more to that, more so in a, where we live in Logan, we have more than 200 multicultural communities. So getting to be assimilated, getting to blend in so that you can learn how uh, people do things and how the system runs has been a, a great learning curve for me. Actually, this has been uh, what I would say a moment where I have been taking as a, as a moment to have my capacity built up so that um, when the fullness of time comes, it will be an explosion for me. So it has been a moment of learning, a moment of prayer, and a moment of soaking in the presence of God, in preparation of the move of God. Because I believe there is something that the Lord wants to do. And that's why we came over here. And that's why there was a, such a divine connection with vision and the churches around us and the community at large. Tell me about the African communities that you've connected with here in your home city of Brisbane. And it will be like this in capital cities all around Australia. There are African churches that meet here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the situation like in your home city, Brisbane? Um, I would say that we are so much blessed that we have so many multicultural churches. And uh, one of the most fascinating things is, you know, being in a in an English-speaking country, you know, it's always a privilege when you meet with people from your community and you're able to worship in your own mother tongue. So we have so many communities everywhere, and um, we have like over 20 churches I know of uh, based here in Brisbane. And I've had uh, a moment of interacting with them. And every now and then, every now and then, they would have a, a conference that brings them together. And it is always such a such a great, great move of God. Seeing you know people you used to fellowship with back at home, or even some people that you don't even know, worshiping in the same language that you speak. And uh, I would say that we are unified by one language in East Africa called Swahili. You know, when you meet people worshiping in that language. And of course, we have embraced now, um, you know, the worshiping the Australian way. But I would uh, say that it is such a wonderful way to interact with the communities uh, in Brisbane. So from preaching at conferences uh, where there are thousands of people uh, who are converting to Christianity a first time, you've come to Australia Mm -hmm. and uh, you're feeling reduced to one-on-one ministry. And this is what you've begun to specialize in. And I know you mentioned your aspiration to be standing Mm -hmm. before the thousands once again here on Australian Mm -hmm. shores. How are you finding the one-on-one? People are receptive to the way you deliver this message of the gospel? It's very, very impactful. One, uh, there's somebody who said something, I can't remember the name. He said that if I was the only sinner, Jesus would have still come from heaven to die for my soul. And so whether it's a congregation, whether it's a large multitude or a one-in-one uh, person evangelism, it is still matters to God. The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, it makes a difference, you know, 
you could be having thousands, you could be having one. But the main test of that ministry is the obedience to follow up on that one person. And so, yes, it's a, it's a major thing for me that I used to speak in multitudes. And right now, the major focus has, uh, has been one-on-one. But I would say it has been very impactful because one-on-one ministry is very deliberate, very intentional, and you get to disciple that person. And the end is usually because you gave them personalized attention, you had time to check on them rather than, you know, these thousands and thousands of multitudes. And so I would say it's, it's been a, a powerful ministry. And we even see the, the ministry of Jesus. It was more of one on one person. The only time we saw him speaking to a multitude was when he was feeding the 5,000 and when he was speaking at the temple and his parents were waiting outside. But in other instances, we see him visiting a family, visiting the woman at the well. And so it has been such a wonderful moment and a learning moment. What sort of Aussies are most receptive to your style of ministry, Anthony? Because uh, you're not uneducated. You have degrees in economics and finance, (laughs) and uh, listeners will be surprised and they'll hear, oh, how did someone come here married to a refugee (laughs) on our shores and well-educated, able to talk to people at all sorts of different levels of society? Mm -hmm. Who is most receptive to the gospel in Australia? Um. I would say the youth. Um, I'm in an industry where I interact with the youths most of the time, either when I'm helping them with something. And most of the time they'll ask me for my aspiration for life. They'll ask for my age. And every time I mention to that, and one thing that amazes them is, you're married at that age and you have a child. So when they seek to inquire about myself, it becomes a learning moment. It becomes an opportunity for me to share the gospel. And so I would say that every time I've interacted with um, you know, the youths, mostly in this country, they'll always be fascinated by, by the fact that an immigrant has come into the country and is making a huge difference. How did you make to this level? And through that, I've been able to now introduce uh, the gospel. And I've seen them... Uh, receptive. Uh, I remember an instance three weeks ago where I I was interacting with uh, a couple, I would say boyfriend and girlfriend, and the boyfriend was drunk, and the girlfriend was sober. And I got into a conversation with a young man. I felt so moved to talk to him. And out of that conversation, the man started crying. And he said, can you talk to me more about Jesus? Because at some point, I wandered away from the truth. But right now, You're a messenger. I've been waiting for this opportunity to rededicate my life to Jesus. And that became an opportunity for the soul to be redeemed. I shared the message with him. I prayed for him and I'm following up on the young man. He's doing well. And so this is but one of the many opportunities in train stations, in malls, everywhere. Everybody I get to meet, even the shopkeepers, even those who serve me when I'm doing the drive-thrus and uh, ordering those coffees here and there. It's always an opportunity. That smile creates an opportunity for me to speak about the joy that is unspeakable, the joy of the Lord. Well, Anthony, I know that listeners will be able to hear the passion in your voice. Uh, They'll know that there's a genuine heart for reaching out and winning souls for Christ. And I imagine that you would like to connect with other African people around Australia. Yes. 
uh, and perhaps even join the team. Hope Springs Ministry International. Uh, so, Anthony, people can best connect with you via your Facebook page. Yes. So, simply typing in Anthony Kamau. Ka- it's actually Mbogwa. Kamau is my surname. So, my Facebook name is Anthony, A N T O N Y, and then Mbogwa, M B U G U A. Well, that makes things a little more complicated for Aussies, <laughs> but uh, but everyone who's got some African yes. background will know exactly what you're saying. Yes. And so connecting with Anthony Mbugwa, mm-hmm. whose name also is Kamau, yes. you can do that via Facebook. And Anthony, thanks so much for the update. Mm-hmm. Expecting good things for your future here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And thanks for sharing these things with our listeners today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.